You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. So today we thought we would discuss a little bit about why we joined church plants, yeah. why we got involved, what led up to us joining, how did church planting get in our veins? What led you to join a church plant? Well, um, I was I was in my last year of Bible college, and I had a friend who had already gotten a core group together, and uh, they'd done a bunch of work um, convincing themselves to to plant a church. It was in like 1997, and they they had been working on this idea for two years. They hadn't done anything like public, but uh, um, they were meeting weekly for prayer meetings. And I had to do an internship. And uh, so my friend, he said, like, you know, uh, I need I need a preacher. Uh, do you know how to preach? And I said, well, of course, I took a class in it. So <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this. And um he says, "Well, like I've got this thing, like I'm I'm going to be planting this church, and do you want to do you want to join?" And like, like what is that exactly? Like if, I don't, what's church planting? And uh, he said, "Well, like it's like starting a new church, and like it's literally the first time that the idea had ever occurred to me in my entire life." I'm like, "Oh, like do we have anybody's permission to do this, or has someone given it their blessing?" Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, they want us to do it. I'm like, really? Like, this isn't like a church split or anything? It's like, no, they, like, want to start a new church. I'm like, a new ch- a new church? Why why would you start a new church? There's so many other churches you could join. I know. And, uh, and he just said, well, listen, the reality is people our age don't go to church anymore. And we want to start a church for people like that. And I said, well, like, okay, I've, I've already got two preaching classes, so I can probably preach at your church plant. Master preacher at yeah. this point. Yeah. And so um, I was there for the first, the first ever public version of whatever that became. But how did that feel? Um, well, I mean, it was, it was interesting because I was showing up to speak to a group I'd never spoken to before. Right. Um, literally got off a train and got on a bus and showed up at a location on a map and and uh, and talked to them and and uh, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I I knew Al quite well. I knew a number of the other players, but I didn't know everybody around the table. So that was a pretty new experience. Now you you are in a church plant now. Right. That is correct. How did so? How did what led up to you joining a church plant? I had only ever been to very large churches. Why? In my that was just my experience. That's what made sense. Was it a choice? Uh, growing up, the church I went to was large, so I mean, I went where my parents said to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, the thought had not really occurred to me that smaller church plants even existed. Uh-huh. I had never thought to ask the question, well, how did this church start? Right. It's just, it was. So I, the little I, churches weren't even on your radar? No, no, not for people my age, mm. not okay. for older people, maybe. Sure. 
but not for people in their late teens, early 20s. I mean, right. why would you go to this right. little church? Right. So my experience through most of my 20s then was just larger churches. Right. Um, and I began to feel very disconnected from that explain that experience how, how could you possibly feel disconnected when you're in a large church how could you ever feel like you're disconnected in a 2000 person church <laughs> um yeah just feeling like uh, i mean i was involved in various ways and knew people but that idea of going in and out no one noticed no one cared could come in on a sunday morning and s- slip out just as easily also feeling that um you know, there wasn't as much to, even though it's a big church, you feel like, well, there's so many volunteers that if I yeah. were to just stop volunteering, it wouldn't even matter. Ten people would take my place. Right. So just feeling this sense of disconnect um, personally and relationally, but also um, how do we move forward? How do we do the things that I sense God's calling me to do in this context where it's so large? So you're sitting there in a large church feeling disconnected. And then how did you get from that feeling to a church plant? Why didn't it go to like leaving the church entirely? Well, at that time, personally, I was starting a business. So I was very familiar with the startup world. Uh-huh. And I was very comfortable with unknowns, yeah, um, small groups, okay. the idea of trying different things. And so I messaged a friend and said, hey, you are a church plant. Do you have one of you near me? <laughs> and he uh, he said, yes, in fact, there is. So he um, hooked me up with the pastor and had coffee and thought, okay, this could be an interesting concept to go from a hundreds and hundreds of person church to a 20, 30 yeah. person church. So what was that? What were your first experiences like there? Um, wow, this is small. Um, I remember feeling that way. I remember feeling uncomfortable the first few times because um, you were kind of like fresh meat, right? Coming to this uh, place and people were very happy to see, which is wonderful to come into a church and feel greeted. But the contrast between um, coming in and out and knowing noticing versus (laughs) everyone noticing. So this is a little bit of a Goldilocks situation where the big church is too big, the small church. I'm like, ooh. Too small. And then you start to think, well, man, like, are they doing something wrong? Why are they so like this? (laughs) Why are they so small? Yeah, this whole theological framework starts to play. It's like, well, what's what's happening? And so I I wasn't, um, I appreciated it for what it was, but... Yeah, it was definitely uncomfortable the first while. But I recognize that sometimes uncomfortableness isn't a bad thing. You're stretching yourself, and you're learning, and you're growing, and you're putting yourself into experiences where you're not as familiar or comfortable. And so I, I recognize that, and that's I pushed myself to keep coming, um, even though I really enjoyed the people. It was a really stark contrast from what I was used to. What about you? What were some of your first experiences back then? Well, um, I actually didn't notice entirely uh, that I was part of a small church um, until I went back to my parents' church mm. for the first time to preach. And I remember showing up on a Sunday morning and like volunteers met me at the door and were like getting getting me like a microphone and, <laughs> do you have anything you want to put on the overhead? <laughs> That's awesome. This is the, you can tell these are... Brand new stories. Yes, they had that's an right. overhead. 
Uh, and um, yeah, I, I remember being completely shocked that <laughs> A, there were volunteers, and B, they were doing their jobs. Hey, uh, I get to show up and just preach. <laughs> yeah, I don't have do to. do that thing. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they actually did their jobs was something that, that kind of knocked right. my socks off. Right. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is, it, you know, that church, my church didn't actually stay small. We were 50 for a couple of months, and then after a time, um, uh, you know, we, we grew. And I don't know where we actually landed because we didn't, like, in an organized way count. And if we right. didn't count, we weren't writing it down. But it wasn't very small for very no, long. No, I would, if I had to guess, we probably went from, so we did an advertising campaign, um, and we advertised sort of an early April service. It wasn't Easter. And uh, we went we went from a handful of people to well over 100 and then continued to grow throughout that summer. So that was that first year. And Did you find it uncomfortable when uh, it got bigger? I, it was thrilling. It was exciting. It was incredible. But it always felt like we weren't prepared. Like, it... it was very evident that no one had thought about, okay, so what if someone becomes a Christian? (laughs) What do we do with them? How do you look after them? What happens if this works? um, What if people who come to your church are deeply wounded from their past experience? Right. Um, uh, It was nuts. Those first few uh, months were nuts. Uh, And I, like I grew up in a small town and, the kinds of things that were going on in people's lives, like mind blowing. I had no training, no readiness right. for it. And people in AA, people with drug addiction, people who had been sexually abused, people who had been sexually abused by their last pastor. Right. Like it was crazy town. Right. And I didn't know how to keep up. And I, I very, I felt always like I was just trying to catch up to my church. Wow. So it went from small and doable to larger and undoable. And, and then I just didn't have the skills as a 24-year-old to, to actually catch up. What compelled you to stay then um, in amongst all of that craziness? Well, it, a, a lot of things you noticed, like um, people coming to faith in Jesus and like in like totally radical, life-changing ways like mm-hmm. there are people who are alive today because that church existed and, and and god is good and did his job so right it i got caught up in it and it was uh it just what it became was everything i believed a church could and should be now that's a bit of the rose-colored glasses of history coming out there were problems there like for instance we had no organization whatsoever. <laughs> you just put everyone in one room and said, have at her. We, I literally thought discipleship was preaching. Right. And uh, I didn't know, I didn't have other tools in my tool kit to like actually deal with all the other realities. I, I tried to counsel people and I had some skills in that, but I, I wasn't really like, I wasn't a professional. Right. So, so that was a problem. Um, but yeah, I, I, I stayed because I just got caught up, but, and I was also 
the preacher. So I was expected to show up. You weren't. So like, what happened to you? How did, how did you uh, wind up staying at your little church plant? Yeah. Um, I think predominantly I stayed because like you were saying, sensing God was up to something, yeah. seeing people come to Christ, um, the relationships that I built, yeah. um, seeing people really engage in mission, yeah. um, in our community and in neighborhoods and, um, feeling like you just sense that God was stirring. People were growing in their walk with him. They were learning. They were, uh, and still are, moving forward, right. you know, maybe three steps back, but 10 steps forward. And it, that felt like that was the right place to be at um, at that time. And still, I still feel that way. And also sensing a little bit about um, that I needed to be there. There was a place for me in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sensing that I needed the church, yes, but I, that the church needed me. And um, and that's not a pompous thing to say, and I hope that doesn't come across that way. But rather, I think when you are a little bit smaller, there is more opportunity for people to get involved in creative ways. And sometimes bigger churches, there's, you know, here's the 10 ways you can plug in. Um, and if you don't seem to fit into those ways, well, then... That that's, there's not a place for so you here. Do you really believe that? Like every church has a has a place for people. Like I I think there are certain gifts that more naturally lend themselves to churchianity right. than um, others. Like you know someone who can is good at shoveling stuff. Right. And if you th- believe that that's the only way that one can do church, then then there isn't a place for everybody. But if you're open to thinking through other ways of engaging people, engaging the neighborhoods around you, engaging community, then I think it takes work. But I think there's a place for everybody's giftings. So you're saying that that way of thinking is just kind of a failure of our imagination? A failure of creativity, a failure of imagination. Yeah, and I think... And I, I don't think it's purposeful failure. You know, if you're good at tech, if you're good at leadership, if you're good at teaching kids, well, then there's a role for you mm-hmm. here. Um, but if you're a plumber or if you're something different, if you're outside that, you know, typically, well, that's something you do nine to five. But I think resurrection and the ongoing ability to create with God moving forward is that we would create spaces and places for people to give their giftings. And everyone has a need. So any gift that you have, we can find a need for it. It just takes a little bit more creativity and a little bit more innovation. Did did you uh, did you feel like that experience of of getting connected and watching people sort of tune in and turn on uh, like that? Did that experience um, did that heal you? Did that scratch the itch that you felt in the in the bigger church? I think it healed my cynicism a little bit about church. Uh, And I think it reminded me about what really matters. Uh, Not so much the lights and the great coffee, though we have great coffee. Um, And the... It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) It still comes from a can. It does still come from a can. (laughs) But it's better than other coffees. But yeah, I think you just get, you know... You start to think you need those things, and then you get involved in other places where you, those things aren't there. And it, it healed my it healed my cynicism. It healed me to believe that church could be more like I 
saw it in the scriptures. And that's not to say that other churches aren't big churches with great coffee and great lights and whatnot, aren't trying to be true to the gospel and do good work. But I, I think for me, the relational community, rubbing shoulders with people, doing life together deeply, knowing people deeply, I found that really hard in a big church. And uh, it was nice to see it played out in a smaller scale. It's interesting, you know, for me, being part of a, big, a smaller church where I did know just about everybody. Right. Um, you know, I did develop a bit of an attitude toward bigger churches. And I did wonder, how can you do all the one another's of Scripture? It's still an open question for me. Yep. Um, one of the other big concerns I had have with, with larger churches is when they say we had, you know, six, seven hundred out on Sunday. Like, six or seven hundred what? Right. Like, uh, are they people who don't know Jesus? Are they people who uh, are coming from other churches? Are they coming, you know, are they... Visiting family for the weekend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in a smaller church, I knew. I knew the backstory of, right. of the people. And I had... It, and 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 my preaching was so much different. It was so much more personal because um, it came out of the lives of people. And now that, like currently, I, I belong to a church plant, and I also attend a larger church with my family. The church plant is so small, like it's twelve of us, and my boys are at the age where they need to connect. Um, their faith has to become more independent. Right. And our church, our little church plant, does not have enough spare processing space for them right. to fully engage. And so we are part of a larger church. And it's been a struggle for me to actually make that transition back to something that's not church planty. Right. Um, and um, I'm not saying it's worse. It's just very, very different. Right. A lot of people think that church planting is the future. Do you, do you think that's true? Do you think the future is small or large? I mean, yes. The, the, my future is church planting. Um, it's the thing that I believe in the most. Uh, it's the thing that I love the most. Um, but we also live in a country where I don't see Canadian Tire and Walmart going anywhere in the next few days, right. the next few years, even decades. Um, and I think big is a part of how we will connect in the future. So I think it's too drastic to say like big churches are done. Like the United Church, they're, they're predicting thousands of closures in, in, in literally the next half decade. It's, it's absolute, we're about to engage in a fairly unprecedented shift. And I don't think that big churches are going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I think big churches are the best or even the most uh, helpful option. Right. How about you? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that um, there are some serious advantages to smallness. Yeah. And small isn't bad. And I, I think in church world, we feel that way. Well, yeah. healthy things grow. Yeah. Therefore, 
you know, the larger the church, the better the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always true. Just like you can't say that about a small church. Um, uh, so I think for me, I, I'm in the space where I'm thinking a lot about innovation and creativity and you have to be nimble and lean to really be able to create. It's um, hard not to. Yeah, some large companies can do it, but when you really look at how their innovation structures work internally, it's a very small group of people that are actually mm-hmm. getting together and doing most of that innovating. So I always think of that analogy. It's much easier to turn a canoe than the Titanic. And so I think smaller churches can innovate and try and experiment and risk in ways that bigger churches just mm-hmm. systematically based mm-hmm. on their structure, just can't. So I think it's a win for the Canadian church landscape to have smaller churches and church plants. Um, and if they grow, great. But the goal in my mind would be, instead of growing this 3,000-person church, let's have that church that's growing start to plant other churches mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and continue that. So I agree with you. I don't think the big church is going anywhere. I think it's how I got swept in. Mm-hmm. to the arm of Christianity. And so I still appreciate it and recognize it for um, the good that it does. You know, I was a, a, when I was in youth, there was 100 people in my youth group. It was great. Mm-hmm. I can understand how it'd be harder to be younger and be in a smaller group. So I just think the innovation piece, when we're looking at things like the Canadian landscape of churches and what's happening, I think we either continue to do what we do and we will get what we've gotten, mm-hmm. or we start thinking outside the box and perhaps church plants are where we can start to see more innovation and take more risks for the kingdom. I think, I think it's it, in my experience as, as much as big churches look successful uh, and they are to a degree. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion bigger is not better. Smaller is not better. Right, exactly. Better is better. So right. let's do a good job of what we are and let's yep. honor God and what we're doing. But that being said, I think there's also different roles that get played. And so I think big churches create stability. They, they're an excellent anchor. When a big church turns its attention on a project, there is nothing like it that I've ever seen. My church, uh, we set a goal for giving to... Um, uh, some projects around Christmas. We set a seven thousand dollar goal, and we raised seventy thousand dollars in Incredible. in in a short number of weeks. There is I've n- never seen anything like that, and, right. and that makes material differences to people. But I also find bigger churches are just more conservative. They 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 have to worry about things that smaller churches don't, and I think there's real advantages. So I just want both. To understand what they are, not um, knock each other, mm-hmm. um, but but to to do a good job of what they are. Um, but if you're asking me where I'm going to be and w- what I'm going to be putting my attention to, to me, I want to give dignity to the small. I want to give dignity to, and I want to honor the possibilities that church plants represent. I think that's where real innovation can take place. I think that's where uh, we're going to find pathways forward into the future of Canadian context that I just don't see big churches being capable of doing. They're capable of lots. They're good things to have around. Mm -hmm. But as research and development departments, that's why we need to dignify the beautiful work that happens in the small. And I also in discipleship, I, I think uh, small churches have uh, a particular advantage. Now, that's not to say 
it never happens in bigger churches. I just think bigger churches have to work way harder yeah. to do that. So what's yeah. the future like for you? <sighs> I don't know. One day, maybe. Maybe. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I think you have to, uh, I think you have to know that you're called to that in a, in a significant way. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, there's a, this great quote. It says, we don't rise to the level of our hopes. We rise to the level of our training. That might sound mm-hmm. very businesslike, but I think a lot it, of people... It, it does. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I think it's good. I think planting takes some training. Yeah. And, and I think uh, existing in a bigger church um, is one thing. But I think um, being able to live out those gifts and skills in a smaller church, that takes some training. I think it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And so I think I'd want to be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, should that day ever come. But it's not off the table. You can't get around all this innovative stuff and not want to get involved. No, exactly. So I'm hooked. Church planner for life. We should get you a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> do they sell those? We could make them. Okay. That's, let's get some markers. <laughs> all right. And on that note, I think we're probably good. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and starters all across Canada.